Ah, uh, man, what is up, everybody? It's time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, uh, hold on. I meant this. Okay. Um, so, I'm sorry for being unprepared, but I am trying to find out why the uh, laptop isn't doing what I would like it to do. So uh, I have just done the old control-alt-delete, and uh, maybe we'll find out all together what's happening. Because as I was editing the, um, what is this thing? Uh, the top 20. As I was editing the top 20 for this week, I found a bunch of, like, kind of like stutters in the recording, uh, and I don't know why that is. It's a brand new laptop. It should be, like, really doing much better than everything else, but it's just basically being a bit of a dick, and I have no idea why that is, and uh, that's not cool. And I'm just checking the thing. So I'm sorry if I'm boring. I just I kind of want to have a good product if I'm going to waste my time uh, trying to do it. So everything looks set properly. I just don't know why it's being a bit of a dick. So uh, I appreciate anybody's insight if they have any, but honestly, like, I don't know, I've got the looks like I've got everything set right and it still doesn't want to record, which is great because if anybody, you know, anybody that knows me knows that there is nothing I like more um, than wasting my time and getting no results. It's like literally my favorite. So I don't, I don't know. I am hella annoyed by it, but that, that kind of blows. And um, I want to say I'm upset about it, but like, honestly, at this point, I don't really care, which is probably going to be the topic of uh, everything we're doing today. Yeah, it's, you know, nothing's really run in here, and yeah, I'll just, just be prepared for a real shitty top 20 uh, again next week, because that's, that's what we do here at the box. So. Uh. Um, so, I would, I, I actually do have something to talk about. By the way, there's a brand new top 20 out today. Please check it out on Stranger TV. Comment if you want. This jittery is really bothering me so much. I'm just so worried this is just going to be such a shit recording, and I don't know how to fix that, and I don't know what to do about it. So I guess I'll do what I do best, and I'll just uh, ignore it until it goes away. Ah, I do want to apologize for the way I look. There was really a down, down slide going into the end of this year. I mean, I'm digging the beard. I'm happy about that, so... Uh, really framing my face like the giant, overweight winter bear that I am. Uh, but there's a new top 20. Check it out, please. It's on Stranger TV, as is uh, all the good programming on Stranger TV. This new Pimp episode. It's also a new Waterbury episode, his five, top five, or whatever. So check that out. Um, so I was going to talk about something specific uh, to bands today, which I thought would be a nice break for everybody that doesn't like me talking about politics, but something actually just kind of came up. It's less about politics than it is about um, social kind of nonsense, and that's that's what we come here for. Uh, and like I said, like I really just came in here and turned everything on and really just popped up. So Representative Katie Porter of California, who I like, I like what she does and what she stands for. I, I can't tell if she's in trouble yet or about to get in trouble for this, um, but she um, she referenced something in a hearing about like the she was she was speaking in reference to LGBTQ 
communities and the shooting that they just had at Club Q in, um, drawing a blank of where it was, probably in here somewhere. Um, but she says, maybe just find the, the quote, um, cause she's talking about the term groomer specifically and how the term groomer is used. If you don't know, it's one of the ways that the, um, extreme right, or even at this point, even the moderate right, refer to people in the LGBTQ community because they are under the impression that members of the LGBTQ community are grooming younger kids uh, to become LGBTQ. Like, first of all, I don't, I don't know how many times you have to say it, and I don't know how many times, like, like, it's going to take for people to understand that, but that is not how this works, right? And I'll use myself as an example. You could groom me all day, every day. I am doing literally nothing with another man's penis. And that you heard that here first. Oh, it's three fingers. Heard that here first. On the hard rock watch box. Actually, you didn't. You probably this, you heard it here for the millionth time on the box because that's just not how it works, right? At at worst, the uh, the concept of grooming would be more about experiential and allowance and availability of lifestyles to people that might be having questions about it, right? Like before, there was even a big public community. Like I think people that would naturally have fallen into the LGBTQ community in, like, say, the 1100s might have felt like there might have been something wrong with them because that wasn't something that was really available, you know, unless you're in the church, right? Because you can have as many pedophiles as you want in the church. By the way, like, you know that, right? The, the more, the most accusations of any, you know, pedophilia group has always been in the church. So, like... You can, you can work that out when you get up there. Oh, not that you're going to get up there. If you're that much of a hater, you're probably not going to get up there. Because, you know, like I always say, like just the sheer volume of time that Jesus spent talking about these goddamn homosexuals in the Bible, it's like, it's like half the Bible, right? Like, I think that's what people say. <laughs> I've read it twice, but I might have just skipped over it. I mean, there's some boring stuff. But, um, you know, a lot happened between the time in the desert and the crucifixion. I'm just saying. He might have said it. He might have. He didn't say it. Um, but uh, my point is, is that she's she's talking about how people are using labels of pedophiles and groomers. Now that's the headline. She the headline is actually uh, Representative Katie Porter says the term quote pedophile brands someone a criminal because of their sexual orientation. That is a very dangerous headline because it's missing the entire context of what she's saying. What she's talking about is that people are referring to adult consenting members of the LGBT community as pedophiles because they want to demonize them and say that they're coming after their kids to groom the children. That's what people on the right are doing. That's what they're doing right now. That's a big agenda. Now that they've suppressed a lot of female uh, and women's rights, uh, that's next, right? Like what comes, it's like, okay, so we got, we got women. Then we got uh, the gays, uh, and the Mexicans are in here somewhere, and then the rest of the minorities, right? Like, that's really the, the far-right agenda at this point, as far as I can tell. Much. Oh, wait, no, wait. you got to squeeze the liberal snowflakes in there somewhere, because 
apparently they're all assholes. And I have that from a pretty reputable source. Like, it says it on OAN, says it on Fox News, sends it from Daily Mail, you know, all reputable sources. I'm kidding. That's sarcasm. YouTube, if you're listening, I'm kidding. Of course you're listening. Twitter is not listening, though. Twitter disbanded its, uh, man, what the hell is it called? It's basically the group of people that monitor Twitter and stop, uh, you know, um, child pornography. Uh, they watch for people that are in danger of self-hurt uh, situations. They got rid of all that, right? They're not monitoring that anymore because free speech. Great job, Elmo. Keep fucking stuff up because you're just... That's like the one thing Elon Musk is actually good at, like fucking stuff up. It was so funny. Like, I seen something not too long ago and they were talking because you know like elon was famously like we're gonna get to mars and honestly even i was like awesome this dude seems like he could do it because he really cares about nobody but himself so if he's gonna invest all that money in just making himself great fine the first football stadium on mars can be the elon musk you know martian stadium i don't care as long as he's gonna foot the bill to get us there and get that technology going like i'm all for it but then i read this thing that was just so funny because it was like he he basically destroyed Twitter inside of 10 days. And it was like, are you really going to trust, you know, Elon Musk to build a safe place for people to live on Mars? He couldn't even handle Twitter for 10 days. Right? Like, anyway, just keep an eye on that Katie Porter story. If anybody starts bitching about that, she's like defending pedophiles and stuff like that. Just know where this came from. It came from a very evilly and well-placed, uh, newspaper headline because that's all people read and that's not what she said <laughs> so keep an eye on like sometimes it's fun to just like oh this is gonna go south so just keep an eye on that and i feel like it's interesting enough to, to do that so that's cool um what i did want to talk to you about today is uh band kind of stuff and um just sort of like how uh kind of like bands work <laughs> I know it's like the real premise of like why this show even exists and I don't necessarily know that anyone knows or cares but like in case you do and even if this is for band members that are listening and they kind of want to understand stuff or band leaders that are kind of like want some uh, not necessarily some sympathy but some understanding I mean like I talk to band members all the time both band leaders and like not band leaders and stuff so I understand a lot about dynamics and, and interpersonal dynamics in a band. And a lot of times there's just so much, like, misunderstanding about the way things actually work. Like, I was actually just saying, not even an hour ago, I was saying that um, kind of like the concept of vision boarding, as gay as that is, and I don't mean gay in the LGBTQ way, I mean gay in the way that I was brought up. Um, the, uh, the kind of the concept of vision boarding for a band is a really good idea. Talk about goals and setting goals, and setting short-term goals, and then dividing those goals into steps. And like, how do you accomplish those steps? I find that pretty useful for bands. A lot of times, I don't bother with my band because, truth be told, things fall out of favor with my band pretty quick. And a lot of times, things really just don't even reach the first step, which is always so unfortunate. But sometimes it does, and it's kind of like that random, you know this time it did that time it didn't kind of thing that becomes kind of a problem but like i know when uh before covid hit we had sat and we were talking so this would have been like 2019 we knew we were working on the new record our record was all but done basically uh and we 
we were kind of figuring out like what to do. And the plan at the time had been, all right, let's finish writing and recording this record. And that's what we spent 2019 doing. Uh, and then um, the plan was to release a couple singles, start doing shows, and then to buy onto a full uh, either regional or kind of like sub-national tour and start, start doing work that way. Uh, our local shows are great, and we love our local shows, and at the time we had plenty to choose from, which was awesome. We were in danger of actually burning out the audience, because that is a thing that actually happens. It's something that actually and verifiably happened to G. Davey for a while, which is what prompted G. Davey to start becoming a regional band instead of just a local band. Because if you're playing every night, or not every night, if you're playing every weekend or even every other weekend, people get tired of seeing you. They just do. There's nothing new. Like... You can play, like, honestly, at this point, like, we could play four shows and play completely different material, you know, like, we could do four nights, and we play different material the whole time. Like, that'd be great. Bands like Craving can do that, too. And that is worth considering, right, if you want to see a song, but if you're just looking to see the band, it's not really, it's not really conducive to, to building a following, right? You know, I mean, it's, it's more convenient that people can go to more shows, but once there's more shows, people are like, well, I'll just see them next time, so... There's actually been a good push with the scarcity this year, like more people show up to shows. I know it doesn't seem like it. Most people are still not going out all that often, and it's not even really a COVID or a flu thing. What happened over 2020 and 2021 is people decided they liked living at home, ordering food with DoorDash, watching Netflix with just one other person or maybe no other people, and really just not doing anything. There's a lot of that. Uh, so that that is kind of the bulk of what it is. But what, uh, what I was saying about... So we, we laid out a plan. Like, we didn't have everything in place. Like, we didn't have all the details. But we get offered to, to buy into tours every single year. Or did before COVID. We get an offer to do that. And I know people that can, you know, buy us on... Or used to know people that could buy us onto tours if we wanted. And we decided that it might be better off for us to spend 10 dates doing uh, a lot of shows concentrated. And we'd be really good and really ready. Because honestly, like... If Rebel 9 is anything, like, once we're prepared, like, we are a very good live band. So kind of taking advantage of that and bringing it on the road is just, it's a good idea. And it makes sense. And we could play new markets, and then we could just start hitting them all the time, as opposed to just playing 30 shows a year here. Uh, which is fun, but it takes a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot of work to play shows around here. That's not necessarily always worth what you get out of it. Um, so anyway, so we had laid out those kinds of and because of COVID, it really just fizzled away and died out. Now we're on the other side of that whole pandemic step. And there aren't as many tours that we could buy on. Even the major bands or semi-major bands are stopping touring. They're, this is probably... We're going to start seeing the end of touring, pretty much. Especially with what's coming for Live Nation and Ticketmaster after completely fucking up the Taylor Swift thing. And violating all, trust, all antitrust laws. Because... They did. It was a monopoly when they bought, and everybody knew it, and Congress let it go forward anyway, and now they violated those laws. So I don't think Congress is going to do anything because Congress tends to have no teeth, but it would not surprise me if they break up Live Nation and Ticketmaster, and then they can just collude in the background like airlines do. Um, but what was I going to say about that? Uh, so, yeah, so here we are. There's not really all that much going on, and it's tough to kind of lay out a plan now. Like, our current plan right now is we're in the middle of recording new material that we'll be releasing in 2023. And to be perfectly honest, the main reason we're doing that is because there's really not much else worth doing. Like, I love our live shows, and they're fun, and they're fine. 
and I'm very happy to be playing Mr. Beerus tomorrow night uh, with Craving and A Farewell Fire and, and Mikey from Something Heavy. I'm very happy to be doing that, but I'm happy to be doing that because it's going to be a fun show. It's going to do absolutely nothing for us musically, like career-wise. In fact, since we're closing the show, I fully expect half the people to be out of the building by the time we even take the stage. That's just the way it is. It's just the way people are. And honestly, like, we're going to be on stage probably by, like, 11.30. Like, it's not even late, but it's late now, if you know what I'm saying. Like, like people, their tolerances are just kind of over. Like, in, you know, I don't expect to hold a lot of the Farewell Fire crowd because I just don't. Uh, they don't know us. We don't know them. Uh, I'm... I'm hoping they'll stick around for Craving. I think that would be a good show, and I think there's a lot of crossover for that. But, like, I'm going into this fully expecting that what I'm going to be looking at when we get up on stage is our core Rebel 9 fans, which is exactly what I want to be playing for. So that's the way I want to finish off this year. It's currently the last show we have booked. I don't expect it to be the last Rebel 9 show ever, because that seems silly, but it's the last show on the calendar that I've got booked, so... You never really know. And honestly, another place could close, and then we just don't have another place to play anyway. Because that's also what's happening. So, I don't... I don't, I don't really know. But, um... What I was actually here to talk about was just kind of, uh, like, band motivation and stuff like that. Like, what, you know, bands are doing as a whole and, and individual members to, to propel their career forward, right? There's just not... There's not a lot. And there's a very common tale that happens at kind of, like across most bands where you have like one sometimes two people that do most of the work for outside of the band like let's not confuse things like right you have stuff like in that's specifically inside the band right that's you know rehearsing or let's start at the beginning so it's writing a song working a song like producing it editing it uh, deciding how it's going to play right rehearsing that song and then performing it live right though i feel like those four things are like not the prerequisites, but, like, the bare minimums of being in a band, right? Like, everybody needs to, to learn their part and play it properly. And not, and not even all bands have that, right? A lot, a lot of bands stumble on that last part, like, to play it properly. Like, better bands tend to have higher standards. Like, I know that we are, we are... We're slated to play a brand new song tomorrow night. It is a 50-50 if it's ready. And the only reason I'm allowing it to go through is because I don't have another show coming up. And this song could very well be the first in the next batch of songs that we record. And I am not going to record it if I don't get some audience audience response off it. So it's super important to me. And I feel like I've properly motivated the band to get it done and get it right by the time uh, by, by the time tomorrow night rolls around. But honestly, we're going to walk into rehearsal tonight. If it's not perfect on the first shot... It's not getting played tomorrow, so or not perfect. If it's not, if it's not doable on the first shot, we aren't playing it tomorrow night, and it's that it's that kind of simple. But those are like the four main things, or any any band has to do. But like after that, most people have no idea what it, what goes into doing band business. Nobody think like if this was the '70s, the next step would be like, cool, let's get a record deal and go on tour. Well. Those things don't really exist so much anymore, so it's getting harder and harder to do that. Plus, nobody's interested in you, bro. Like, everybody in the world has a band. Like, what has to make you special? What's going to make you stand out? It is almost never the material. I find that talent is the last piece of the puzzle. You need all the other pieces to get there, and then talent is the things that keeps you there. Like, the bands that disappear had the other nine pieces of the puzzle and not the talent. But the band said, you know, get there and stay. Like, you talk about, like, even, I was talking about, um, 
Dave Navarro from Chains Addiction a couple days ago. Like, that dude has just been around forever. And the reason he's been around forever is because he's that goddamn talented, right? He had all the pieces to get there, and Jane's Addiction was just a phenomenal band and a phenomenal point in time. But, you know, they've all, they're all so goddamn talented that they still survive today in various forms. Like, that's, but that's the last piece. So it takes a lot to do all those other things. And most band members don't understand or don't want to do it. Um, just using my own band as an example, and I'm not slamming anybody because we've accepted kind of the way that it works in our band because it just it just does. Like, we've accepted the limitations of what our band can do building-wise. And not every member of my band is at all good at promoting. Not all of them are good at networking. Not all of them are good at, you know, anything other than the main part of being in a band, which, you know, is acceptable and has its own value. But the problem is, like, when... When the motivating factors or the driving factors start to burn out in those situations, what does that look like for the band? If you want to take a look at Rebel 9's trajectory over 2022, I can tell you exactly what that looks like. You know, I can tell you. Anybody looking can tell you. And that's kind of what happens. And that's kind of sad because all we've really been able to do is a couple of shows and some new material. The only really bright star, I think, in the in the 20. 22 arc of Rebel 9 really was the Razorblade Diaries. Like, doing the Razorblade Diaries live show was a real high point and a real bright spot for the band in general, in its, in its tenure for starters, uh, but also in 2022. I think it was an amazing thing that we did. But the reality is, like, that really only came about because I was in some sort of, not a manic state, but an upper state. And I was like, cool, let's do this. And I booked the room. And once I do that, like, I kind of just have to go. And we made it all happen. It was really set to be a great event. And then it just fizzled out because we couldn't pull the people in. There weren't enough people to kind of make it financially worthwhile. So the band took a bath on it, which sucks. <laughs> um, and, but I still think we had a great event from it. But if we're looking at the course of this whole year and what the band has accomplished... Is, is it real? Like, what are we like? Are we really talking about like one show and starting recording? Does that sound like the secret to success? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Why is that? Because I'm tired, man. I'm super, super tired, and my motivation is in the absolute toilet. And nobody's picking up that slack. And that's what bands look like when. Uh, when the motivation goes away. So, for everybody that's listening and interested in any of that, just know that tomorrow night, if you do come to Beerys to see the show, know that I am there and my band is there because we really want to be. It's not because it's going to do anything for the band. We'll have merch for sure, but anybody that's going to be there has probably already got it. Um, we're not really promoting anything. We just want to be there and we want to play a show and we want you guys to see it. And at, some and at some points along that timeline for a band, that really is the most important part. And it's certainly the thing that gets me, that's going to get me up on that stage tomorrow night. So I hope you can be part of it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm looking forward to it. And I don't know, maybe 2023 is going to be a lot better. I have no idea. But I'm grateful for now. And I'm grateful for you. So thanks for that. <laughs>